Episode 2, The Gain and the Loss of a Best Friend, written and spoken by Morgan Lavis. I would do absolutely anything to relive all of these moments and memories, the good and the bad, funny and sad, painful and not painful. Now every day, I come outside and Ed is missing, but not because he escaped again, but because he had decided it was his time and his soul left this earth. On April 13th, 2019, it was just a normal school day. I went to school, went to all my classes, and everything was going perfectly fine. As soon as the clock struck 2.38, I ran out of the classroom and I couldn't wait to get home. I glanced down at my phone and just so happened to notice that my mom was calling. I was quite nervous and shocked because she never calls me during school, especially the second school gets out. So I answered the call. My mom proceeded to tell me that something was wrong with Ed and that she was on her way home from work now. I had no time to ask her any questions. All I knew was that I needed to get home fast. I began crying as I was walking through the hallway. Each step felt like I was only getting further away from my car. One of my best friends, Kate O'Brien, walked past me and noticed my emotions. She asked me what was wrong, and the only words I can find myself to get out was, Ed is dying. I finally got home. I remember sprinting into the backyard, and there was my dad jogging back and forth throughout the pasture with Ed. I thought my dad had sprayed him off with the hose because of how wet and soaked he appeared, but he was really just profusely and continuously sweating. I began to panic. My mom got home after what felt like forever, and me and her began to cry. We both could tell that Ed didn't look like himself anymore. He looked very sick. Turns out, Ed had been stuck on his back in the corner of his stall for eight hours straight, starting when I left for school and ending just when school got out. Horses do not have the logic on how to get up when they are on their backs and stuck in the corner of their stalls. If it wasn't for my dad hearing Ed kicking the side of his barn, Ed would have been stuck there for probably another hour until I got home and realized it. This is actually quite a common thing with horses, and personally, I think that people need to pay more attention to this. Our veterinarian came out to evaluate Ed to try and find out what else was wrong and how they could fix it. They ended up diagnosing him with colic, which as a horse owner was the worst news that I could have ever been told. The correct term for a horse being stuck in the corner of their stall is cast, and this connects directly to Ed's diagnosis with colic. Horses will cast or roll into the corner of their stall because of the pain that colic causes but they later become panicked and they are unable to get up. The website My Horse University describes colic as a painful intestine and organ twisting sickness that is very difficult to cure since horses are not physically able to vomit and colic prevents them from any other elimination. I have my mom here again and she's gonna talk a little bit about stall casting and colic in horses. Um, okay, so stall casting, or we would say a horse gets cast in a stall, um, 
just has to do with horses don't, they don't have any idea how big their stall is and they'll lay down and then realize they can't get up and they, they panic and they just can't figure out how to get out of the situation. Um, it can be fairly, you know, simple to get them out of it if you're there or if you're not there, it can be, I mean, quite catastrophic. Um, I had my horse, Taylor, that when we bought him, the first thing that they told us is don't ever worry about going to a show with small stalls because he won't lay down in a stall that's not big enough for him, which was kind of interesting that he would um, kind of already have that prospect of knowing that he was too big to lay down in certain stalls. But when you go to different shows around the United States, a lot of different fairgrounds have really small stalls and sometimes you'd have to tie them at night so that they didn't try to lay down to prevent that. Um, as far as colic, colic is, uh, it's basically the horse's intestines twist. And I, you know, horses, I've been always told, and I know that it's true, they are unable to, they can't vomit. So when they get a really bad upset stomach, their intestines twist and they want to lay down and basically die. So you have to walk them um, to try to, that basically helps move things through and it can untie, I mean, kind of untwist your intestines. Um, the hardest thing is trying to get a horse up to walk them if they're down. I, I mean, I have seen people dread, like, five or six people trying to get a horse up on their feet just to get them walking. Um, and that happened in Ohio. I can remember my friend Matt had a horse there that there was at least 12 people trying to get him to start walking. Um, and I remember him coming to the fence when I was riding and told me that they lost him. It was a very it's not an easy thing. I mean, you just have to try to get them up or catch it early. A lot of times they go to these shows and they'll eat the straw that's the bedding and it upsets their stomach. Um, you just have to really watch them. You always want to cool them down before you put them away, you know, because they eat and they're all hot. Um, little things happen like that. It's just uh, one of those things you have to watch with horses. cried the whole night. Every hour, I went outside and laid with Ed, either in the grass or in the sawdust. My dad kept telling me that he was going to be okay, and to this day, I'm still pissed that I believed him. The next night, I decided to go to Kate's house. I needed a breather from the whole day of nonstop stress, pain, and worry. I enjoyed my time at Kate's. She is one of my only friends that can clear my mind and make me laugh even in the hardest times. But what was about to happen was something that no one could help me with. My mom called me and I missed her call. Then a text appeared on my phone from my mom that stated, I heard Ed making weird noises and now I can't hear him anymore. So here we have Kate O'Brien, and I asked her how she knew that this would affect me. So when I first started being friends with Morgan, when I first went to her house, the first thing she wanted to show me was Ed. 
She would always talk about him, and she loved to be outside with him. I knew that he meant a lot to her, and she would always be posting about him and talking about him. When I first knew that he was sick, I could only hope for the best. I really wanted him to get better because I knew how much he meant to her. When she came over, I had no idea that Ed was going to go so soon. When she took the phone call, I knew that it was about him. I was scrambling in my head of things to do to help, but there really isn't anything that I could do. All I could do was comfort her and tell her that it was going to be okay. I knew that her reaction would be like this because I knew how much he really meant to her. In that in that moment, all I wanted to do was cry too. It was it was because I would miss Ed too, but mostly because I knew how much this has affected Morgan and I hated seeing her like that. But I am glad that I could be there for her when it all happened. So here we have Kate, and I was just wondering, like, what was going on in your mind when you realized what had happened? So earlier that day, Morgan came to my house to clear her head from everything that was happening with Ed at her house. When she was at my house, we were hanging out for a while when she got a text from her mom. She, she checked the text a few minutes later and immediately went into the kitchen to call her mom. It was weird because she usually stays in the room, so I knew something had happened. She was on the phone for a few minutes, and then she came back into the living room, and she was already crying. I knew something bad had happened, and I knew that Ed was sick, and I thought that maybe something could have happened with him. She could barely talk and just said that he was gone. I tried to comfort her and just hug her and make sure she knew I was there for her when she needed me. It was a very sad day, and it is one that I will always remember. Before I knew it, it was now 1 a.m., and my mom came to pick me up from Kate's house. My mom and I hugged for what felt like a lifetime. She explained to me that she had not seen Ed when she went outside. When we got home, I went and looked for Ed, and I found him. His image will never be erased from my memory, nor could I ever forget it. The thought that scared me the most was knowing that from now on, every time I would walk outside, Ed would not be there staring back at me. It's truly a heartbreaking feeling losing a pet, especially one that takes up such a large space and has such an impact on everyone that they meet because, I mean... Growing up with Ed, I would brag about him to all my friends and to anyone that asked because it's not normal that every single kid, you know, has a horse like every kid would have a dog or a cat. But, you know, I had a horse and that horse just so happened to be my best friend. And knowing that I would walk outside and wouldn't see him every day, it hurt. It's very heartbreaking. It still is, but at the time, it hit me hard, and I didn't go to school. I didn't want to do anything. I just wanted to lay in bed and cry. This was really the first time that I had ever experienced death, especially with Ed being so close to me. The pain was unbearable. I skipped school the following Monday because I could not stop crying, and I could not get myself out of bed. I could not understand why he was gone. 
I could not get the image out of my head. The Ed I saw late that night was not the Ed I would see every single day, multiple times a day. Ever since that moment, I have hugged every animal, every family member, and every friend extra hard. You truly do not know when one single moment will be the last single moment. It's scary to think about how you don't know when one last moment with someone or something is that last moment. It's a scary thought. It's something that everyone dreads. I mean, when you part ways with someone, you normally say, like, see you later. You don't say goodbye, really. And it's even scarier to think about when you didn't get to say goodbye and when it just happens because especially with something like death, death is quite unpredictable and you can't predict when or how it will happen. It's just a lot of times something that happens and something that leaves such a big impact on you after it happens. And losing my best friend, Ed, I mean, it put me in a dark place and I I was confused. I didn't understand, but I've grown from it and I've learned from the situation. And I think about Ed now in today's time and I think about him in a good way and in a positive light. Sometimes when I think about Ed, I cry, but the thing that matters the most to me is that I smile when I think about Ed. My grades dropped for a bit, which was not normal for me at all. I was beyond stressed all the time, and I was drained in every aspect. I knew I needed to get back on track with my grades because I was only a sophomore. Now I am a senior with a 4.0. I started living by the motto, pain is temporary. Because it's true, especially for me. My pain and low periods of my life come sporadically. Sometimes I think about Ed and I smile, while other times I think about Ed and I cry. But what I do know every time I think about Ed is that he has made me who I am. I know I am strong, mentally and physically, and that is something that I will never let anyone take away from me. This death will always haunt me. It will always be in the back of my mind. But it was also one of my most important life lessons. Death is a sensitive subject, and I do not like talking about it. But it is a huge aspect of life, and it will affect every single one of us. Pain is temporary. This has been episode two in the series, The Gain and the Loss of a Best Friend, written and spoken by Morgan Labus. Hug everyone and everything you love a little tighter. Thank you for listening.